This time on Past Deadline. This week's news in 60 seconds. And we talk with Editor-in-Chief Isaac Ritchie about his story on Jake's World with Charge. I'm your host, the other band, Ben Jodway, and this is Past Deadline, your behind-the-scenes look at Central Michigan life. Here's this week's news in 60 seconds. CMU President Bob Davies delivered his State of the University address on March 3rd. The address focused on setting goals for the university to get through COVID and deal with its after-effects within higher education. Kevin Barbet has been appointed as a new offensive coordinator for CMU's football team. He replaces Charlie Fry, who left to join the Miami Dolphins as their quarterback coach. CMU has been approved as an official vaccination site by the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. This comes after a three-day clinic at Finch Fieldhouse, where CMU administered vaccines previously. CMU is not receiving vaccines yet due to limited supply, said Dr. George Cacano, Vice President of Health Affairs. Read all these stories and more at cm-life.com. So welcome past deadline, Isaac, uh, our editor-in-chief, Isaac Ritchie. Uh, so you did a story on, um, on uh, Jake. And so could you just give me a rundown on what that story was about? Yeah, so it's really interesting. I, uh, I was kind of last semester, or in the spring, sorry, in the spring semester, I was looking for a project um, to do um, the whole year of 2020. Uh, and I was sitting in class, I was taking a uh, class on communication disorders um, and a girl, her name was Alyssa Bright. She went up in front of the class and was like, hey, I work, I'm a, a lead caregiver for this guy, 31-year-old 30, man um, named Jacob Hartshorn. Um, and he has charge syndrome. I'm sure we'll get into that later. Um, is anybody interested in working with him? Now, I mean, I wasn't interested in working with him, but I was really interested in his story. Um, and I was interested in learning more about him as a person. Um, so after class, we met up and I'm like, hey, you know, I would love to do a photo project project on, on Jake and kind of tell his story throughout the year. Um, and, you know, then COVID happened and um, it was on pause for a little while, but I spent the entire year last year um, doing this project, um, and I learned a lot. So, yeah. So, what was it? What was it like putting this project together? I mean, there wasn't much um, much forethought. I guess um, this being kind of the first attempt at telling a story, mostly visually. Um, it was just a lot of um, trial and error, at least at first, you know, uh, Alyssa was nice enough to her and I would text back and forth. She'd let me know when she was at the house um, and I'd go over with my camera and I'd just constantly be shooting. Um, and during the semester, um, I think I started it around the third week of February, I think. Um, so I'd go over there like uh, until COVID happened and everything shut down and uh, Jake is immunocompromised. So um, there was a lot of worry there for a little while, but uh, um, until that happened, I was going over there maybe twice a week and then once on the weekend, um, just kind of learning his routines, learning his um, uh, kind of schedule. Um, 
and, and that was the biggest part of it, kind of knowing, picking my spots and um, what I needed to show people in order to tell his story to the best of my ability. Yeah, completely. So we kind of skip past this a little bit, but mm -hmm. so charge disorder is a certain like cluster of of um of um different symptoms that can happen to uh it's a genetic disease. Uh so could you to the best of your ability give a rundown on charge? Yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not an expert on charge, um but doing this project I, um and in this article, there's a little little bit of numbers. So um, I wanted to point out that this is um, not the rarest of syndromes, but um, definitely um, something that you don't see too often. Um, one in 15,000 people are um, born with CHARGE syndrome. Um, and uh, it's, it's summarized as a recognizable genetic syndrome. Um, and then, like you said, there's, there's known patterns that they notice in, in especially young children, um, some of them more prominent than others. Um, there is definitely a spectrum um, of, of different features uh, and kind of your how it um, affects your um, your ability to uh, kind of interact with the world around you. Uh, but charge is actually an abbreviation or an acronym for most of the common features in the disorder. Uh, so C stands for, uh, I'm gonna butcher some of these, uh, coloboma, um, I can look that up. Uh, and then H is heart defects, uh, atresia coenae, uh, growth retardation, genital abnormalities and ear abnormalities. Um, and that's that was just kind of I think it was it started being referred to that in the early 80s as kind of a clever way of um, uh, kind of grouping these uh, effects that were being seen in children. Um, and Jacob's dad, uh, Tim, uh, he's actually a psychology professor at CMU, and he he started studying charge after Jake was. Um, I guess diagnosed, you'd say, um, and he's since become an expert on charge, and he does a lot of his research, um, um, does a lot of uh, speaking on on charge syndrome. So he's very knowledgeable. And when I sat down with him the first time, he he explained it really well. Um, kind of gave me a rundown of some things that uh, Jake deals with on a daily basis. Um, so that was that was really. Cool just to see how Jake functions, how he, how his caregivers kind of help him throughout the day. But um, in the end, um, I, I learned more about just life period, um, about my own life and just being living in Jake's world just for just for a few hours a day. It was just a really, really cool experience. Yeah. So so you so you call it uh, a look into Jake's world. What is Jake's world? I mean, that's, that's what I wanted to show. That's what I wanted my um, photo, my series of photos. I want, wanted somebody to get a sense of Jake's world. Uh, I mean, from the two, ti two times a day he stretches um, to uh, helping him with food. His fo food is, uh, needs to be 
not too thin, not too thick. Um, you know, he likes to go on bike rides. Uh, he likes sitting in his, in his window seat when it's warm, when the sun peeks through the window. Uh, he likes, you know, uh, retreating to his bedroom and just laying in his bed. And, um, you know, he loves, he loves his gloves. He loves feeling them. He loves putting them on and taking them off. Um, he loves his hot tub. Um, he'll spend hours in there if if the caretakers let him. I mean, he'd he'd probably spend, especially in the winter, he'd probably spend all day in there. Um, so just kind of learning those little intricacies of his life and of his world. Um, he's got jobs just like everybody else. He's he takes cans back to the grocery store. He makes dog biscuits for the pharmacies in town. Um, he, he's got a life just like everybody else's. And that, that was um, kind of what his uh, mom and dad wanted for him. And they definitely succeeded. Um, and it's really cool just the love and care that his, his uh, friends and his family and um, the people that are fortunate to take care of him, um, that they give him, it's just really, really cool to see. Yeah. So you, you talked about this a little bit, but, a lot of the story talks about how people changed because of him. So how, how do you think cha Jake changed you? Yeah, that's a great question. I think I'm still uh, in the story. Um, I think I quoted Alyssa saying, like, I'm always thinking about Jake. Like, I'm always uh, some coming through there. It's great. Um, I'm always thinking about Jake. Uh, he's definitely um, something that, I think back to as well um, that I'll always think back to just because I want to have a career in journalism and that being kind of the first story I told visually. Um, not only did he teach me about life, but about my hopeful profession as well. So um, I'm going to be, look, I'm going to be taking photos, you know, in the future and be like, wow, you know, I learned a lot about this type of, um, I remember um, one of the first photos I took, actually comes at the end of the photo series um, of Jake kind of sitting, laying in his bed um, and just a light coming through the window. I remember noticing that um, for the first time, just how that light came through and it hit Jake in a particular way. So I think I'll always, just like everybody else, I'll always come back to that experience that year with Jake. Um, yeah, I'm, I guess uh, I'm gonna keep learning I don't know yet what all I've learned about Jake. I think it's going to keep, keep coming um, for years to come. So, yeah. So what do you hope students are going to take away from, from this whole story? I hope everybody takes something a little bit different away. Um, this story was definitely a little bit more selfish. Um, I feel like I took a lot from it, um, away from it. Uh, so if somebody can even take a portion of that away, just to know that, um, just to learn a little bit about Jake, just to um, kind of see and feel just the care that he's given on a daily basis. Um, I think that would be really special. I mean, that's the whole goal. Um, yeah, the photos are nice. Yeah, the story's written a certain way, but if it doesn't hit people, if it doesn't impact people, it fell short. And um, if that's the case, I feel that at what I was trying to do. Awesome. Then I got, I think this is going to be probably the last question, but so when you first got the assignment and you first 
went to Jake's house. What what did you think? What what hit you right when you stepped through that door? That's that's a long time ago. If I'm going to be completely honest, there's a lot that's happened yeah. in everybody's life since then. I don't know that I can think back that far, honestly. Um, but I I was texting with Nancy the other day. Um, I mean, I honestly miss going over there. I honestly miss going and hanging out with Jake. I know, um, you know, he's not somebody that I can talk to that I can, I wouldn't say relate because we can relate. Um, but he's not somebody that you can sit down and have a conversation with. But I was telling Nancy, before I graduate, I'm graduating in May, before I graduate, I'm going to go over to Jake's um, and just hang out one afternoon. Um, because uh, just like Alyssa, I think he's going to be, when I look back at my college experience, I'm going to think about back on all the time I spent with Jake. And there's other projects that I've worked on that I'll think back to as well. But um, just for my personal growth, um, in my life and in my professional career, again, I'm going to look back at that time and I'm going to miss it. I'm going to miss going over there and talking to the caretakers and um, hanging out with Jake, just observing his life, um, trying to capture it. Um, as journalists, I, I think that's, we're trying to capture those moments and trying to relate them to our readers and viewers. Um, so I'm going to miss that. Um, but there, there will be others. There will be other stories that I'm going to tell. And again, I'm going to think back to this Jake story as one that's going to help me tell those future stories a little bit better. All right. Well, thank you so much, Isaac, for uh, speaking with me. Um, obviously, to everyone everyone listening, uh, please go read the story on cm-life.com. It's a great story. Um, once again, thank you, Isaac. But thanks, Ben. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Good luck on your midterms. You've been listening to Past Deadline, a production of the CM Life Podcast Division. Every story referenced in this episode can be found at our website, cm-life.com. To keep up with us, follow us on social media at Central Michigan Life on Instagram, at CM Life on Twitter, or like and follow Central Michigan Life Facebook page. I've been your host, the other Ben, Ben Jodway, and this has been Past Deadline. Until next week, so long and stay informed.